of the Influencer Network podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the executive director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. And I'm back with the founder of our ministry, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. Welcome everybody else. Yeah, we, we've been interviewing some people in new areas and telling the, love to tell the stories of our new new development and just how God got, got us where we are and in these new cities in, as far as Canada and up in Maine. And so it's been kind of fun to share these stories, but, but we really, I wanted to get back here with Rocky. Rocky and I both love Christmas time. We love Jesus. So that's, that's why we love Christmas time. So uh, we thought we would uh, try to celebrate Christmas together here uh, with you and start getting our hearts ready here a couple weeks out before Christmas time. So uh, that's, isn't that right, Rocky? Anything you want to add to that? I was about to say that I, I've enjoyed those stories. I think I've kind of stepped on you there, but you know, this is life, so what do you expect? <laughs> We're going to make mistakes in these podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but you know, I have really enjoyed the uh, podcast from and hearing the interviews of people from, from all over. Uh, the, the men and women that you have interviewed have been such a blessing to me <clears throat> to understand that, that we've been part of something that began here 20 years ago that was a very humble Folk highly focused start on one thing that's a vertical orientation with get, getting people into close proximity with Christ, and it's never changed. That's our mission. And the fruit of that, the result of that, is obvious. And the organic growth of it is not the work of man, but it's the work of God. And it makes me want to say, hey, I think it's more, uh, more to this even than what we've seen. I think that globally, we will see more and more of this expansion that will be going outward to people that God will raise up to carry the banner. And we're already starting to see that in different places, not only of the United States and surrounding nations, but also those that are remote from us. It's an amazing thing. really is. And, uh, but it's always good to hear. I, I love people to hear from you, Rocky, and you you have such wisdom. And and that's why I love that's why we started these podcasts is I wanted to share. You have a, a, a platform here just to share some of the things God's shown you and, and God's let me share some things he's shown me. And as we share things, it probably speaks to some, at least one person out there might might need to hear what we have to say. But but it is Christmas time. And, and this is a, a time of celebration, a time of preparation. And it comes in a year that's been a crazy year. 2020 has been a year nobody, we, we started the year thinking, oh, 2020, the year of great vision, you know, like 2020 vision or all these different ideas and acronyms and things like that. And no one knew it would be one of the greatest challenges most people have ever seen uh, with health, with uh, employment, with just all the things that they thought were important in life have been stripped away. And so here we are coming into this year and, and uh, there's still a reason to celebrate Christmas. Obviously there's now more than ever. We need, we know we need a savior. You know, Brian, uh, let, let, let's just, let's just jump on that 2020 thing for a minute because yeah. at the beginning of the year, um, I think people will, like you said, Hey, it's the year of 2020. So maybe we can see things more clear. 
well, haven't we? Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about what has happened here with the extreme challenges that this country and this world has gone through. Has it opened our eyes any to something that we needed to see? I do believe it has. I think it's opened our eyes that maybe we've worshipped our comforts. Maybe we've worshipped our culture. Maybe we've we've been too attached to what's good about this country and its freedoms and forgetting the rest of the world. Um, Most of them don't even have any idea what we have. Mm -hmm. And for a country to have these things denied for whatever reason, because of the pandemic or because of the controls that have been put on um, certain peoples in this country. When you lose those things, then you begin to understand how precious they were. Doesn't that open our eyes? That's right. That's right. Did mine. Yeah, you reminded me of that song that came out at Christmas time back in the eighties, back in my my generation, the eighties. And they were talking about, do they know it's Christmas? Talking about the people in Africa and all that. Do they even know it's Christmas time? They don't get snow. They don't get gifts. You know, and here we are over here in our extravagance and all that. And we want to complain about it, you know. Um, Maybe they understand what Christmas is better than we do, huh? That's right. That's right. Well, and I've been writing some Advent thoughts. And this came out of, originally, I just wanted to do it for myself. I, I think it was part of my own observance of, of Christmas and my own, even maybe my own healing of some of the grief I've experienced in losing my dad to COVID. And, and so I, I just thought I wanted to write some thoughts every day to keep my eyes on Jesus every day. And then I decided to start sharing them. And I think it's been blessing a few people out there. But as as I asked the Lord, what, what do I need to share? He kept me in the Old Testament quite a while for at least half of the time of this month since Advent started the 1st of uh, December. He had me in the Old Testament. And I think it's so important and I want to get your perspective on this, Rocky. I think it's so important to understand how the Old Testament sets us up to why Jesus had to come. It, it sets us up to understand why we needed a Savior. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about an intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Well, the people in the Old Testament past the Garden of Eden didn't have that intimate abiding relationship with Christ. Maybe just a select few, Moses, Elijah, Isaiah, some of the prophets. Uh, but the, the average people didn't have the into access to the intimate abiding relationship until Jesus came back to establish it. So what, what's your take on, on that as far as Old Testament leading into? Well, Jesus? I believe the intimacy with God occurred uh, when the Holy Spirit came into our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's me personally, I feel like. I feel like that we could not <clears throat> understand that. And scriptures say that, that those who do not have the Spirit do not understand the things of the Spirit. <clears throat> Uh, but I do believe this, that there was faith looking forward to the Messiah coming as surely as there's faith looking back, celebrating that he came. So <clears throat> they, the term Christian was not, was not coined uh, until later on when it was used in the New Testament. But there were people that were believing in Christ and that he would be coming um, before he came. And as we know about Abraham, that accounted him righteous because of his faith. So I do believe that that faith component uh, was there. 
uh, beforehand, but I think that the relationship component, well, that, that was given when Jesus came and, and lived and died on the cross and returned, and left and, re, and to re, returned to heaven and gave us the Holy Spirit to come and live inside us at that time. And to, as far as I'm concerned, this is how I see it, that this is when uh, believers began to be able to have the intimate relationship with God that they had not had before. Um, now, does that mean they take that intimacy? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that's a process of surrender of ourselves to have more of that, of his spirit to be able to occupy his place in our, in our life, which we call lordship. Um, he is the Lord, but, you know, we have to surrender to his lordship for him to be my Lord. Uh, yeah. And um, and I believe that that is a process that is part of sanctification, is that we're growing more and more in our intimacy with with God, through the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. So that's that's kind of my take on that. Yeah, and I... Think if Jesus had not come, then though we would not have the Holy Spirit, and we wouldn't have access back to God, back to the Garden of Eden, back to paradise, back to heaven. Um, uh, he is the way, the truth, and the life. So, so we are so we we as Christians we believe that and we claim that, and we that's part of the reason we celebrate Christmas. Um, but when you go back to the Old Testament, I think. Um, there was a lot of darkness. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of uh, sickness and death and wars and and all sorts of things that that people were so they were wandering. Um, let me just read a, just just one account out of Isaiah, who, who's one of the prophets that wrote the most about the Messiah. But he says, "The people who walked in the darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone." For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government shall be on his shoulder, and the, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And I, I think about, I guess I think about twenty. And there's been a lot of darkness. There's been a lot of darkness this year. There's been a need for some light. There's been people in despair. There's been a lot of talk about government this year. And, and now we're hearing about a different kind of government, that uh, uh, more of a monarchy instead of a democracy uh, with Jesus as the king. So what do you, what do you think about that, Rocky? Well, I believe darkness is with us because that's the prince of this world, that's his realm. And yeah. Darkness was before, <clears throat> darkness was during, and darkness is after. That's the world we live in. But light, but Christ shines light in the darkness. And before he came, um, they had no, they didn't, they didn't understand him. And, you know, they didn't really understand God. And it says of Jesus that he was the perfect um, uh, imprint of God. Um, you see Jesus, you see what God's like. And, and you don't limit him to being uh, physically looking like God. That was not the way it's to be understood. We're to see his characteristics. We, we see his heart. We see 
the way he is uh, from the standpoint of love and grace, kindness, mercy. And he represent, he, he gave humankind the representative uh, representation of God that we needed. Uh, we couldn't understand God <clears throat> other than what he shown himself to be through Jesus. Because he became a human. He became a baby. He became a man. He became a man who bled, who was beaten, who was killed, who wept, who laughed, but who conquered the grave and was resurrected and ascended to heaven. He, God became man. The word became life and dwelt among us. And that light has been shining in the darkness ever since he came. And so now we have the opportunity to follow that light. Before, it was more of a written word that was our light. But now we have the Lord himself that lives within us that couples the written word and his spirit to give us light and interpretation. So, yes, we are greatly blessed to be able to have had Jesus enter this world, and it did open our eyes and our heart, along with opening the doors to heaven. Mm. You know, another thing that really hit me when I was studying which scriptures to use for my Advent thoughts was the idea that it was important that the Messiah would come through the line of David. And that was very important and very specific. And, and there's a lot of times, if you look in the history, where that could have been upset. I, where it couldn't have happened, but God made sure it happened. But the thing about David is he was a king, but he was also known as a shepherd. And so we think of Jesus in, in the line of David. He is a king, but he's also a shepherd. And, and we that ties in with abiding, don't you think? This mm -hmm. idea of a shepherd king who we serve. What do well, you make of that? He represented himself as the good shepherd. Yeah, uh, he also represented himself. You know, what does a good shepherd look like versus a hireling? And uh, of course, that was a slap against the hirelings that, that were shepherding the people then, the Pharisees and Sadducees. That, uh, they were into it for something else, and and he was into it because he loves us. Mm -hmm. And and the nurturing aspect of a good shepherd—that's that's one of the things I think that I I see in my mind's eye about. A good shepherd is the, the the good shepherd knows the condition of his flocks. Um, he knows even their emotional needs because they they can get they can get stirred up. They can get in distress. They can be they can even die with mm. aspects of distress. And um, and a, and a shepherd comes in and calms them. Mm. He knows them. He loves them. Some of them he picks up and carries. He disciplines them. Um, he's in there with them. And we began to find these characteristics out about a good shepherd that Jesus said he is. And we began to look at the characteristics of God. And that's what he was about. He was trying to show us what God looks like mm. by his own life. Mm. Well, at the beginning of COVID, we we started a tradition with my family because everybody had to watch church at home. And so, and I had all my daughters home and we would watch church and worship together. And then we would go around the circle and I have four daughters, but we would ask everyone this question, how are you doing physically, 
How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing spiritually? And everybody got to respond. And, and every week there was somebody who was out of kilter in one of those three areas. And then we, then we knew how to pray for each other. But one thing the journey's taught me and, and just getting closer to Jesus has taught me, he really does care about those things. We can bring those things. You know, no, no request is too small or, or weird or anything. He, he doesn't judge us. He comes and he, he wants to enter into that. I, I experienced it just this morning. I was journaling about some, how I was feeling physically, how I was feeling emotionally and spiritually in some rough spots. And he, uh, he entered in. He, he entered in this morning and ministered to me this morning in a way that was just very special. It's interesting to me how, <laughs> how many things he enters into. And there's some things I don't want him to enter into. I mean, I, I go to him last. Mm. Uh, and the big example is when I lose my car keys. <laughs> you know, I, I go everywhere looking like crazy. Where are my car keys? I can't find them. And I'm telling you, Brian, there's been so many times that in, in exasperation and in desperation, I finally say, Lord, where are my car keys? only to find them, oftentimes deep in my pocket. <laughs> but the fact <laughs> is, is that I have seen lost things retrieved. I've seen uh, things that I couldn't get done that seemed to be very complex and I needed help on. And, and I, I felt, have felt that he has invited me to come and ask his help. And I feel almost embarrassed to do it, saying, well, man, he's so busy. Why should he want to help me? But I don't think it's about that. I think it's about he wants to continually let me know he cares mm. and he is there. And I think that's part of learning to practice his presence. Mm. Rather than isolating ourselves that this is God's work and that's my work and I'll do my work and he'll do his work and I'll bring him in when, when I need him. Mm. I think it's a matter of changing the narrative on that and say we work together. We go together. I'm under his direction. I learned to understand even the fine details of my life. He's concerned about me. So it's okay to ask him, how, how would you approach this? Yeah. Well, I want to read one other passage, and this is another Isaiah passage in Isaiah 61. It's, I love this because I see this today, and I even see it in our journey groups. I see Jesus entering in and, and helping individuals very personally. But it says this, this is Isaiah talking and it's, he's talking, speaking for the Lord as if he is the Lord. And, and we know this is true because a few thousand years later, Jesus comes on the scene and he walked in the temple and he reads this very passage I'm about to read. And he says, this scripture is fulfilled today in your hearing. So this is what he said. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me. Because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And I, we talked about it with our staff on Monday. I, brought, I read this verse to our staff, and they agreed. We've, in every journey group we've led, we've seen people who were poor in spirit. We've seen people who are broken. We've be, seen people who were captive to 
either addictions or or anger or wounds, unforgiveness, whatever it is. Uh, we've seen people mourning, angry with life, upset. Um, and then we've seen God take all that and turn it into joy and into beauty and into these things that it talks about in the, in the scripture. You, you want to comment on that, Rocky? You, I know you've seen this as well. Oh, yeah. I love that passage. I love the metaphor about oaks of righteousness. And and uh, I don't know about different people's exposures to oaks, but I lived on the Mississippi Gulf Coast there for 10 years. And there were these massive, massive water oaks or Spanish oaks, they call them. Um, and uh, they're uh, they're coastland oaks, and you have them all around the east coast and in the south there. And they're massive trees, uh, big canopies, uh, heavy, thick uh, limbs, um, and their root system spreads deep and wide. And for that reason, uh, they are extremely strong. In fact, you can go, you can see hurricanes that have gone through there many years. And everything will be wiped out, all the pine trees, palm trees, all the other soft trees, fast growing trees. But those massive oaks are still there. Houses that were 100 years old weathered many storms, but those oaks that were there before the houses were built are still there. And so it's evident that uh, the, the deep roots, the wide roots, uh, and the slow growing um, create strength. Uh, not only that, but the, the hurricanes and various other weather that test them create strength. So when you talk about a person becoming an oak of righteousness, then you have to also think about the, the process that that person has to be taken through by the work of the Spirit to create an oak of righteousness. Because to have to be that oak of righteousness, it requires deep, roots that are spread out very wide to support that person, the base. And Jesus talked about that, about foundations. He said, don't let there be sand in your foundation. If there is, when that hurricane comes, it'll wash it out and your house will fall. But building on a solid rock. So he's talking about, he was talking about the rock of his word, the rock of him to be the foundation of an oak of righteousness. But even then, the foundation, though it's being built, it will be built with trial and tribulation and various other things that will come that way that strengthens that person and creates one that will be resilient, that will persevere in all seasons and will bear under the trials that will come. Um, to be that oak of righteousness is not easy passage. It will not be easy, uh, but it will always lead to something bigger and better because God is doing the work in that person's life. Well, it occurs to me that Jesus himself was an oak of righteousness, and he came by way of hard times and suffering. He, it's not like he had an easy life his 33 years on earth. Even from the very beginning, they would have thought this coming Messiah would come and be born into a palace, you know, almost be like Moses, who is was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter or whatever. But um, no, he came into this dirty barn of a manger, you know, and just just a poor environment, and and then came out of that. And and he could relate. He related to the 
the poorest of the poor people, the the lepers, the the prostitutes, the sinners. Um, he didn't generally didn't hang out, wasn't chummy with all the religious leaders of the day. I mean, he talked to them and tried to teach them and all that, but but he just hung out with the ordinary people. He was just one of us. Yeah, I think that I think that it was less about him relating to them and and how we can relate to him. Yeah, because by him coming as a as he did, rather than royalty, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance, um, I think I'd have a hard time. I, I have a hard time relating to the royal family in England. Okay, <laughs> I have a royal. I have a, a problem with relating to certain people that live like royalty um, and feel entitled like royalty. And I would have a hard time having one of those people be my Messiah, my teacher, my guide for life, because I would think they don't really understand life. Mm. They never have really had to work that hard for a living. They never have really had to be denied of anything. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But Jesus came on the bottom of the rung. (laughs) Really? Carpenter's son? Come on. (laughs) <laughs> and he pulled pe- people around him that were fishermen and dreaded tax collectors and all the other people around there that were lessers. And he built a church based on the lessers. Man, alive, this is why kings and queens bow at the feet of Jesus when they understand who he is, not because he's one of them, because he is something that nobody the world's ever seen. Hmm. He laid down his crown in heaven, which can you imagine what it would be to be the king and creator of the universe Hmm. and to take on the role of a bond servant? Can you imagine? That's what he did. And I think that's why he's so beloved. I mean, I think that's why so many people, whether it's Bushmen in Africa or, or, Chinese or Russian or Japanese or people the poorest of the poor in garbage cities and then the richest of the rich can look at him and say, Lord God Almighty, and worship him Mm. because he came like he did. Mm. He can relate to so many people. That's right. Well, we just have a few more minutes, Rocky, but as we think about closing out this year and looking toward the next year. Um, what, what would you say to all our influencers out there as, as they think about celebrating Christmas and, and then moving on into this, the new year? Well, when we're recording this, it's only 10 days to Christmas. And uh, Advent has already be- begun since Thanksgiving for most people if they follow Advent. Advent is about preparation. It's about preparing our hearts for the recognition of Christmas. And my my encouragement to influencers out there is to prepare. Uh, I know that a lot of people have children and grandchildren, and they and they <laughs> Christmas can become very busy for them, and uh, and it and it becomes. Uh, a distraction in a lot of ways to for the for what we need to be concentrating on. And and I would say that they would say that preparation means they've got to cook stuff, they've got to 
order stuff. They got to wrap stuff. They got to put stuff under the. Everything's got to be done, done, done like that for, you know, all the requirements on them. And my my exhortation is to wait a minute now. Save room to prepare in your heart for what's coming here. Every day, get alone with the Lord and just start recognizing what it would have been like. Maybe think about, okay, it's two weeks, it's 10 days before he's going to be born. Where was Mary, Joseph? Were they on that, on that trail coming from Nazareth during this time? Where, where were the, the three wise guys in that journey? Following that star. What about the shepherds going to work every day in those fields? I'd just say get into the into the thoughts that surround it and let it build into a crescendo so that when Christmas Day comes, that we were at we will be at our peak in worship of the child, the Messiah, the Savior. Mm. That's good. That's good. Well, we'll uh, and next week we'll uh, we'll do another broadcast about the celebration of, of Christmas uh, as, as as we get there really close to it next week. So, thank you, Rocky, for your for your time, your comments. I want to just tell everybody out there to be sure and go to our website and and you can find the Advent thoughts that, that we've been sharing with you guys. You can also find other podcasts and other devotionals Rocky's written and. A lot of good information out there. We have a new website coming too after the first of the year and really excited about that. So uh, more information on that to come. So anyway, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. I've been your host, Brian Craig, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.